Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us. And that's why we're asking for your support. If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well. It's only five bucks a month for all these extras. And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air. Become an EPP now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today a mysterious child's voice says its prayers with the living before bedtime. A veterinary student can't catch a break. At work without something waking him up. Camping should be a relaxing experience and fun until the undead return to claim their cottage. What does it take to make a ghost vow to never take a ghost hunter vow to never take part in another hunt again? We'll find out. Why does an unknown voice ask a woman to look out the window? And an abandoned hospital never seems to end. Find out how some urban explorers escaped. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello, and how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am peachy keen. I'm looking forward to these stories, especially the one about the, uh, the, the hospital, the abandoned hospital that never seems to end. Okay. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And really trippy. <laughs> yeah. If you will. So I'm excited about that. The phone number is 855-853-4802. Excuse me, 4802 if you'd like to call in a Real Ghost Prison Line. Whenever I start doing the show, I can't talk suddenly. You won't cough all day long, <clears throat> but then you will have something stuck in your throat for the hour or so that we spend doing the show. I don't know. It's, I mean, a lot of it's the season. It's because maybe I'm not talking like this throughout the day. I'm not walking around the house just consistently talking for, you know, two minutes on end. Okay. And then I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, I'm looking forward to spring. I know it's only December, but uh, this time of year is not good for for my voice. And I hope to God I can get through this year without uh, getting... um, uh, the bronchitis because it's like once you, I never had it my entire life until about two years ago mm-hmm. and then they say once you get it you're likely to continue to get it year to year for whatever reason it like opens up your body to this is it a virus is it a I don't know how it works I'm one <clears throat> of those bronchitis people too I now I get it, it every year now yeah. it's like every year eventually whatever I'm some cold eventually turns into it so and I've never been doing the show at this frequent level to have be that concerning. I could usually get away with it if I'm just doing music radio where I have to talk for 10 seconds between a song. It's never been, oh, let's talk for 60 minutes straight with bronchitis. Yeah. So there may be a show. uh, Maybe we need some best of episodes, right? (laughs) Just in case. Uh, Or you and our eight-year-old can host it for a day or two. We could try if you show me what (laughs) buttons to push over in your magic controller. That would be interesting. It would be something. Like, here's a ghost story. Mommy, did I tell you about the kitty? Yeah, that's how that would go. Barbie did. 
Uh, 855-853-4802. If uh, you like the show, please tell a friend about it. Share a link on Facebook or Twitter. Your support is what keeps us going. So, uh, especially with the holidays here, maybe a little extra uh, Christmas money coming your way or something. Throw a little five bucks a month our way. We'd greatly appreciate that. Throw a little in the kitty that, uh, that keeps the show alive if you like it. We, uh, we kindly ask you to do that, and we greatly appreciate your support here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's kick off this show today with a letter. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to a letter that was written into us from Jeff. Jeff Franson, hey, guys. And this story took place. It was a freshman in college. My mother had convinced me to stay living at home so I wouldn't be financially strapped down and stressed out about school. Well, I ended up still being stressed because the homework load I had was tremendous. It wasn't out of the ordinary to stay up most of the night and work on my schoolwork. Well, one night, I was up at about 3 a.m. and I started hearing a voice. I stopped what I was doing to listen, and it was a child's voice but I couldn't make out what it was saying. I stepped into my room, and the voice appeared to be growing louder. went to my mother's room and told her what I was hearing. We got up and walked down the stairs. As we got towards the bottom, you could hear the child's voice repeat, Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. That was the one I used to say. Me too. I looked at my mother, and she knew immediately what it was. My mother collected stuffed animal bears. She had brought this one from a thrift shop and had washed it to kill any lice or anything that might be living on the bear. She didn't know at the time that there were electronics inside that they had short-circuited when she washed it. We put the bear in the garage so we didn't have to hear it and went back to bed. I was sitting in my room, and about five minutes after going back into my room, I heard a child's laugh coming from inside my walk-in closet. I stood up, and at that very moment, in a child's voice that is indescribable and definitely not human, I heard, Funny how you thought it was the bear, isn't it? I immediately went and told my mother what happened. She replied with, Oh, honey, it's just a dream. It's been an hour since we went downstairs. I nodded my head and went back into my room. I could tell something wasn't right. I knew it hadn't been an hour, and I knew I didn't fall asleep. I never woke up. It was a fluent motion. Not only that, I could tell my mother was unsettled. Years later, I asked my mother again about what had gone on, and she said the only you know, that she only told me it was a dream so I wouldn't get nervous and move out to leave her in the house all by herself. Did my mother know the whole time? And that's why she didn't want me to move away for college? Probably. Hmm. I, I'm betting that she didn't want to be in that house by herself any sooner than she had to be. Yeah. I wonder what other stories your mom hasn't told you about the house. Yeah. Ask her that if you can. I would think there may be some more to it that you may be unaware of. Um, That's disturbing. I mean, it's interesting because they they found the solution. That makes total sense. Very creepy, and it could have been a very creepy thing if they had never determined that it was, you know, the bear had been washed and the thing got shorted out. But they they narrowed narrowed that down. And then it's still more creepy things happen. Well, what creeps me out the most is Harper has a bunny that says that exact same thing. She does. It does. It says the prayer. And I I could just hear that when I was reading the story. And I was like, what would I do if something said you thought it was the bunny, huh? You know, it's funny because you can probably find a way to program that. So I could probably hack into it somehow. And then Jenny wet her pants and died. (laughs) All of a sudden I was just saying, you thought it was the bunny, huh? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> no, honey, you put her to bed tonight. <laughs> I just have it all set up. <laughs> that would be funny. No, not really. You probably wouldn't speak to me for a long time. No. Nope. That makes doing the show kind of difficult. It would. It would be a very lonely show. 
855-853-4802 is the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, if you like the show, please become an EPP. Consider supporting the show. Right now, we're up to uh, you'll be getting 16 bonus episodes uh, on Saturday when the next episode comes out. It's only 5 bucks a month. Your support keeps our show online. Let's go to the phones. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. This is Matt over in San Jose, California. I was listening over to one of your podcasts on the <clears throat> terrifying toy stories, and uh, you were talking about the haunted Toys R Us. Well, I don't know if this is the exact same one, but we have one here in San- Sunnyvale, California, which is still in the Bay Area. Um, <clears throat> that one was known to be haunted, and that was on Unsolved Mysteries a while back, um, a long time ago when I watched it. Um, down the street from where I, I work, we also have the haunted uh, two-story Chuck E. Cheese that used to be a toy store. So I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. I just wanted to call and let you know because uh, I heard it on the podcast and I kind of got excited about hearing it. So uh, look into it. I'll go. I'll look into the toys, the Chuck E. Cheese. And let you know. All right. Have a good day, guys. A haunted Chuck E. Cheese. Is that even better than a haunted Toys R Us? And it's right down the road. Oh my God! If I was a child, I would have been in heaven. That is the. Uh the Haunted Toys R Us you were referring sure. to. Sure. I actually got a couple emails about that, too. Um, and it was Sylvia Brown who was the psychic that went in and mm-hmm. did that that exorcism-type deal in the uh, the Toys R Us back then. So there's a lot of folks who didn't remember that. I'd never heard of the Haunted Chuck E. Cheese, though. That's that's really cool. Can you? That would be so creepy being in there. And I mean, it's creepy enough just seeing the uh, Rock of Fire explosion dolls that are up there, you know, that do the uh, the thing. The, the song and dance show animatronics yeah yeah um, more so I mean the new ones aren't as creepy as the old ones back in the old showbiz pizza days those were the creepy ones they were like jumbo sized teddy rock spins yeah up there. they were and they were like a little more animated too the old 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 ones but they were like just jerky enough where they were just kind of could you imagine going into one of those places in the middle of the night and all of a sudden those things start talking to you I mean, here's the the creepy idea of a haunted Teddy Ruxpin talking to you. <laughs> now, multiply that and put it into the Rock of Fire explosion dolls at Showbiz or at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, that's just amplified tenfold. I actually was afraid of my Teddy Ruxpin towards the end because the <laughs> bottom jaw came off of him. Oh, God. And he still talked. So it was like the Walking Dead. It was yes. like it was like when they take, you know, you see the walkers and their jaws gone. You had a Walking Dead Teddy Ruxpin. I just needed to take like an envelope opener to his head or something oh, and God. kill him. Yeah, that wouldn't have landed you in therapy at a very young no, age or anything. Not at all. We think Jenny has some anger issues. Um, there seems to be a letter opener jammed into Teddy Ruxpin's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I always wanted a Teddy Ruxpin. I never got one. No. Although when I was about uh, 19 or so, I was back home visiting my parents. And my dad said, look what I found at a flea market. And uh, went out to the garage because he'll, he'll find these. You know, it's it's kind of like they're amateur pickers, if you will. They find all this shit and eventually go through it, you know, and and try and determine what to do with it. And some of it's really neat stuff. It's just I don't know what its practical purpose is, other than like sitting in the attic. I think probably some of it's going to be worth money. My mom will say use it for your retirement. Um, so I'm like, okay, that does make sense. But there's just a lot of you're going to find so many odd things. When we go through there someday, that's why I'm on Pinterest, though. Yeah, I mean, it's really anyway. What what he what he found <laughs> was, do you remember the old display for Teddy Ruxpin at Toys R Us? There was a giant ship, and then it had Teddy Ruxpin on it, and like his other little talking friends that weren't so popular, but you could buy as well. Uh huh. Yeah, it was that. It was the display. That's cool. Though it was the. I thought it was too. It was the actual Toys R Us display for Teddy Ruxpin. So I, I guess my dad finally did buy me a Teddy Ruxpin. I was 19 and it was the actual Toys R Us display. But I guess I can say I have a Teddy Ruxpin now. Does it have the talking bear in it? Yeah, they're all in there. Teddy Ruxpin's in it. All of it's in it. That's going to be worth some money Oh, yeah, on. it probably is now. Yeah. That's... That's really awesome. Hopefully the mice don't find it in the attic first. No. <laughs> but yeah, I anyway, enough about Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Olaf writes in, is this like the uh, snowman from... No. Let it go. Stop it. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, it's in my head. I hear it 500 times a day now. No, Olaf the Snowman is O-L-A-F. Oh, okay. This is different. Okay. Hi, uh, my wife is a big fan of the podcast, so she suggested I submit my ghost story. So here goes. The ghost story starts as so many do. It was just another night of the job. Only on this night something happened. Something I will not soon forget. The something happened while I was in college. I attended college in a small town very deep in the farming area of Northern California. The university I attended was known for a great many things, but one of them was an amazing veterinary program. In fact, it was one of the best in the country. As a struggling student like many, I took a job on campus. After applying for a few, I finally settled in as a student uh, as a pharmacy technician at the vet hospital working the graveyard shift. My normal hours were 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., after which I would rush home to sleep before my first class of the day. The hospital itself was world-class, and from the outside and inside looked like a normal hospital until you saw dogs and cats being let in. The job was fun. Meeting these amazing vets and seeing baby animals having just been born was exciting, but it could also be a bit boring. There were long hours or even shifts when very little human contact because this uh, wasn't uncommon for us to fall asleep only to be woken by a vet or nurse needing a prescription filled. It was one of those nights that it happened. The pharmacy itself was L-shaped with doors at either end always locked and for prescriptions we had three aging computer terminals which were isolated from the rest of the hospital. Once a prescription was filled it would uh, print the label on an ancient and crusty dot matrix printer. For your listeners who have never used one, they're very loud. This will become important in a few minutes. So there I was. It was a very slow night, and having completed all my tasks very quickly as well as my homework, I got a little drowsy and started to fall asleep. As I drifted off to sleep, that's when it happened. I remember just... Starting to dream about something or another when I heard the dot matrix print start to align. The creaking and groaning shattering my sleep. Emerging from the nap and a bit drowsy and confused. It's called a sleep hangover, I guess. I turned around to see the printer preparing to print a label. And that was odd because I was just sleeping, so I didn't do it. I quickly surveyed the pharmacy and there was no one there. Though it had become distinctly colder. Now I'm thinking, okay, printer working by itself, not scary, right? The printer was on autopilot now and gingerly printing a label for some unknown prescription. I sat there fixated, not really knowing what to do. Now I like this stuff. I see it out, out on occasion, so you think that a moment like that you would know what to do. This is the main event, right? You think, I have a plan, but in reality it's so shocking you're really just flummoxed. As the printer grinded to a halt, I stood, and with much trepidation, I walked over to see what it had printed. The message was direct and very simple. It said, ha 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 ha, wakey wakey. To say it sent a chill down my spine is really uh, understating it. I was mortified, period. Then above me, hidden in the drop ceiling, I started to hear something moving. It was like someone was walking across the ceiling panels. I could see the, the frame bend and the panels move as they were pushed down from an unknown foot or hand. I panicked and called my girlfriend, who was blissfully asleep and trying to relay what, what I was seeing. The bleeping printer printed a message, I said. She asked what, and I told her. She could sense the growing terror in my voice as the thing moved across the ceiling down to the end of the pharmacy. I could mention the pharmacy is L-shaped, and I was at the junction point. She asked several times if she could come down, but I said no, thinking one terrified person was enough. So I let her go back to sleep, convinced I could handle this on my own, but knowing she would be there if I needed her. Now, for some reason, this time I had to do this on my own. So this went on for quite some time as I walked, I guess, back and forth, pacing over my head. The sound of the panels moving shattered the silence and reverberated softly down the hallway outside the pharmacy. It finally stopped walking while pacing and settled in above my head. I could see the panels depressing, bearing the weight of something. So I walked to the other end of the pharmacy to get away from whatever was up there. Good idea, right? Wrong. Wouldn't you know, whatever was up there decided to follow me. So I walked back to the desk, and you'd imagine that it followed me back. 
I kept trying to reason what was happening. Was it an animal which had gotten loose? Was somebody playing a joke on me? My heart was racing by this point, and the terror was escalating. The unseen something followed me, above me, wherever I went. The walls started to close in. I thought I had to get out of here. My options were limited. I'm at work. What if someone needs help? Given my options, I decided to go next door through the adjoining door into the central service area where supplies were kept and we would fold towels and blankets, clean the gore off the instruments and sterilize them. The upside, that it's a huge room with a radio. I thought it's more open in there. It's not the pharmacy and I can turn on the radio, maybe even forget about this stuff. The noises stopped as I entered central service and I mistakenly thought I was home free. Stay over there, I thought, so I opened the hallway door in case someone needed something and sat down at the table without thinking. I turned on the radio to Coast to Coast AM. Not a good choice if you're trying not to get freaked out. Which was still presided over by the king of late night himself, Art Bell, and settled into some Coast to Coast AM and started to fold blankets. Easy job. I could occupy myself until shift change. It was silent. Not a noise to be heard. There was just me and Art Bell riding the airwaves into the night. Oh, and a pile of blankets just waiting to be folded. That precious silence was shattered by the sound of footsteps coming from behind me. Oh no, I thought, it's back! But I decided to ignore it. It's not real, I thought. I'm hallucinating, but I wasn't. The footsteps started to walk around the table, probably a good 15 feet by 15 feet. He, it, whatever the unseen it was, just paced around the table. Each time it would pass me, I'd feel a rush of icy air, and every time it would get to the far end of the table where the radio was, the transmission would blink out to static, like when you run a magnet next to a radio. Again and again, it just paced, around and around, just going on and on. I could hear the footsteps, and I could feel the ice-cold air. At this point, I was beyond freaked out, so I finally worked up the nerve to address it. I stopped my desperate folding and told it, Whoever you are, I know you're here. You're really scaring me, so please stop. With what I heard, the footsteps stop and the squeak of shoes turning on the floor tile as the footsteps started away from me and down the hall. I could hear it walking down the hallway from me. It rounded the corner, and it was gone. By this point, my nerves were shot, so I decided to go outside and get some air. I put a note at the pharmacy that I was just outside the double glass doors and locked everything up and went outside. Oh, the nice cold air on my face and just an empty parking lot. Now, normally when you go outside in this job, which is okay, you watch the pharmacy window through the glass double doors in case someone came. So I was diligently watching my pharmacy window through the doors, and that's when the main event of my terrifying ordeal occurred. There I am, standing in front of the two double doors. Those glass double doors where you push the bar to make them open. I watched as something pushed the bar down and the door slowly, I mean slowly, opened in front of me. The door stood open as if someone was inviting me back inside. Now I worked there for a while, before and after, and those doors are heavy and cannot stay open on their own. Someone was holding them open. In my astonishment, all I could do was say, Thanks, but I'm going to stay outside for a few minutes. At which point the doors closed. A short time later, one of the barn doors, large animal nurses came over from the barn option. I'd known him for a while, and I knew he was a nice guy, so I proceeded to tell him my riveting tale. When I was finished, he simply said, Oh, you met Bob. He went on to say that Bob was a vet in the large animal practice, one of the most popular vets, and he had died several years, several years ago from an outbreak of valley fever. The nurse went on to say that Bob haunted the barn, and being a prankster would regularly mess with the barn nurses by moving stuff and hiding their keys, etc. He also said he was known to mess with newbies. I worked there for another year after that, and nothing happened again. So there you go. The Tale of the Haunted Veterinary Hospital. I hope you enjoyed the story. That was a great story. It was. I really... The only question I really have, and I know it's kind of dumb, but what is valley fever? (laughs) I've never heard of that. It's like scurvy. 
No. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. I don't know if it's something that's related to animals or it's something that would cross over because we're talking about a vet here. Sure. Uh, but I'm sure someone will fill us in on that. Or we could use a handy dandy Wikipedia. You know, I can hear the sound of a dot matrix printer. My first printer oh. was one of those. Yeah. We had one in our uh, the newsroom uh, at my first station till well, about 2001, 2002-ish. Uh-huh. I mean, it might have been in there longer. It was like the last time I was actually, I think, actively in the newsroom. But I remember many uh, big stories being printed off of that thing. Yeah. And you sit there because you have the associated press computer, which feeds you all the stuff. And then you hit print and it prints and it's yeah, and then you rip it and rip and read. That's rip for the term. And, and uh, I have, I think I saved some of the stories. I have one that says Princess Diana confirmed killed in crash. Oh, wow. It was like uh, there were so many big stories I remember reading off of from the off of dot matrix print mm-hmm. but uh so yeah good old dot matrix printers i'm sure my parents probably still use when i have one no <laughs> no i think they upgraded by now we had one of those for a long time uh 855-853-4802 that's the phone number here at real ghost stories online you know what they jammed a lot less yeah, I think it's because they were fed with the. Yeah. Oh, I used to love to yeah. play with the the edging. Yeah, yeah. Because well, if you if you fed it incorrectly, it could be a jam from hell. But if it was on right, you could go for a long time without it jamming. Well, you know how my grandfather was into computers like his whole life. Yeah. He always had so much of that edging. I remember going yeah. as a little kid. I would make all kinds of things out of that. Hey, little tickets and. Oh yeah. It could yeah. You fold it certain ways and color it certain ways. It was fun. Anyone 21 or 20 years, yeah, but 20 years or age or younger has no idea what we're talking about right no. now. But uh, everyone else is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just ask your elders. We're like five, 10 years older than you. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. I just want to say I really, really love your show. Um, this is Karen from Chicago. I wrote a while ago talking about how um, ever since I was a kid, things have been following me around wherever it is where I go. Even when I studied around Spain, I experienced things when I was out there. Anyway, um, the story I'm going to say right now is I kind of hinted at it in my letter about a doll that I had when I was a little kid. So I was about nine years old, and we went to this house. It was a, it was a garage sale with someone that we knew, and they had a lot of porcelain dolls, and um, I fell in love with one of them. It was just a beautiful doll. It, you know, redhead, green, um, green eyes. Um, she had a dress that looked from like the early 1900s, which has been one of my favorite eras ever. And so I told my mom to buy it for me, and she did. And we took it home, and. My mom says that I started having an imaginary friend. Um, and her name is Rose, and I would play with her, and um, my mom says that she noticed it after we brought the, the doll home. So anyway, we moved to Mexico, and while we were over there, um, at my grandparents' house, things started happening. So um, somewhere around three or four in the morning, um, my aunt woke up because she heard a, a loud crack. And she woke up, she didn't see anything, so she went back to sleep. The next morning, she saw that there was the doll in between the two beds of our bedroom, which was very weird because the bookshelf, or the toy shelf where she was originally placed was a very significant distance for her to fall in you know, in comparison to where the beds were. So her face was cracked and, and her arms, so what I did was I, I pasted her back together and everything was back to normal. Um, days later, the same exact thing happened, but this time my mom heard it. And she woke up and she didn't see anything. And um, the next morning we saw the doll in the exact same place. So now we started wondering, okay, what is going on? And then um, days after that, my grandmother woke up around the same time and to, to the bathroom. And as she was going back to her room, she said that she heard someone sigh and they pulled her hair. And uh, we were all trying to get like very logical explanations, but I mean, can't really explain that. And then um, my uncle was visiting out of town and he said that around that same time, he heard someone come down the stairs um, who had heels on and they went into the bathroom, but they never came out. So we just started thinking that, you know, it's maybe the doll. So um, one of my aunts took it to her house 
And um, when she took it to her house, her granddaughter got up, you know, around that same time to go to the bathroom. And then she just started screaming. So everyone came running and, and wanted to see what was going on. And it turns out that she was saying that there was a little girl at the top of the stairs that was scaring her. But no one could see this little girl other than her. Uh, flash forward, um, her son-in-law said that he was going to, you know, do a little bit of research of it. I have no idea how he came to this conclusion, but apparently what happened was that that doll had the spirit of a little girl. And if we didn't address the issue or got rid of it, things were just going to get worse and worse and worse. So my grandmother said, oh, you know, this is a doll from the devil. This is a demon doll. So she threw it out the window from the second story. And um, the next morning... We, my mom, you know, went outside to get the doll, and everything was cracked except her face. So my mom got it together, and she took it to her office. She was thinking of piecing it back together, and she didn't give it back to me, I think. I don't know. I really liked this doll for some reason. And then um, at her office, she would always be the first one to get there and the last one to get there. And um, she says that, you know, like, coffee mugs started falling when there was no draft or they were not at the edge of anything, and she would hear footsteps all of a sudden. So, I mean, we left the doll there in her office, and we ended up moving back to the U.S. I have no idea whatever happened to the doll. I don't know if somebody kept it, if someone just threw it out. Um, but, yeah, that's my story. Um, I will definitely call back and tell you many, many more, because, like I said, I think I'm a haunted person, so things always follow me. But, anyway, I enjoy your show. Thank you so much, and keep up the good work. Thanks. You know, dolls are just creepy in general. I've had several dolls, but some of them creep me out more than others. And I'm not going to ask you if you ever had any creepy dolls because you were a boy, not a girl. All sorts of creepy dolls. No, um, I know. I mean, I did. I had Ghostbusters, you know. Right. I was about as doll as I got, really. I had about three or four porcelain dolls, but never had any bad things happen or bad vibes from them. But they can be creepy. Those, those, yeah. especially if you see them like in an antique store, mm-hmm. you just have no idea. What I hate is I've had this happen a few times in my life where I, you know, I'm staying over at like a relative's house or a friend's house, um, and uh, their uh, in their guest room, uh, the wife of the house uh, has a large collection of porcelain dolls and thinks they're just beautiful and then you are stuck in the room with 500 eyes staring at you all (laughs) night long I've had that happen oh wow and it's creepy Um, you just kind of don't want to like look outside of the covers Um, I've never I've always thought dolls are creepy Mm-hmm. I, I, I get, you know, I'm not, I would never tell, you know, our girls they can't have dolls or anything like that. I just have always felt they're kind of creepy. I get creeped up by some of the dolls they have. Plastic dolls don't seem to be as creepy as the porcelain ones. It's the porcelain dolls, the eye dolls. Um, you know, they make the American girl dolls look pretty friendly, so I don't get too creeped out by them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is about the American girl dolls that don't seem so creepy because. I, I would think I, they, they have, like, every other piece of, of, you know, they're made up to be, like, the type of doll that I get creeped out by. Uh-huh. Maybe they just make them look, like, really cute. I don't know. Um, you know, but the, uh, they, they look like little kids. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I mean, and I think the the creepiness of, of other porcelain dolls is the creepiness that they don't quite look human. Maybe the American doll, girl dolls look too human, and that's why they don't creep me out so much. Whereas the other dolls look slightly off from being human. Like, they could be some sort of humanoid See, thing. I, I think it's the opposite. I think really? the more realistic the doll, the creepier it is. Is that it? Maybe I'm thinking... I'm trying to think... It's, Picture Maybe if I had two of them in front of me, I could say... Maybe the American girl dolls are more cartoonish compared yeah. to the older porcelain. Maybe that's the way it works. I think I think the more realistic they look. Yeah. Cuz then they just look like a dead baby, you know? Yeah. I uh, I don't like that. Anyway, interesting story. It sounds like there was clearly something going on there with the doll. 
uh, with that family. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Alan writes in, Hi guys, I've recently started listening to your show and you guys rock. I'm from Newcastle upon Tyne in the UK. And I'm sorry if I pronounce it. T-Y-N-E? Tyne? I think so. Tin? Tyne? Uh, when I was around 14, I went on a camping trip to a forested area with a local youth group with 15 other children and around six adult instructors. The area where we were staying is very remote and consisted of a clearing in the woods to pitch tents and an old cottage for the adult instructors to sleep in. When we arrived, we pitched our tents and cooked food on the camping stoves. All was well until around 8 p.m. when a thunderstorm rolled in. For our safety, the adult instructors advised that we all spend the night in our dormitories upstairs in the cottage. We all went to bed around 9.30, and there was no street lights or moonlight outside. It was pitch black out there. I remember scanning the room with my eyes before the power generator was turned off. I could see the door, all the old rickety bunk beds, the fireplace, no fire lit, and an old-fashioned manual fire alarm that had to be cranked by hand. Then I heard the shout from downstairs. Okay, lights off. Then I heard the generator shuddering to a halt as the lights got dimmer and dimmer until it was so dark you could not tell if your eyes were open or closed. I remember I did not feel uneasy at all, only tired as I drifted off to sleep. When I woke up, I did not know what time it was, but I knew something was not right. I looked up and I could see a dim white light source three feet off the ground in the far hand corner of the room. Looking around, I could not see anyone shining, uh, touch it to the area. In actual fact, nobody else was awake. Then it hit me. The light source was self-luminous, and that's when I started to get scared. When I first went to sleep, the darkness was absolute, but now because of the dull glowing object, I could see the door, fireplace, bunk beds, fire alarm again. I sat there just looking at it for a few minutes, trying to figure it out. Then all of a sudden, it started to move across the room, and I could make out it had legs. The fear I felt was so great that I just wanted to bolt out the door, but it had moved between me and the door, so I was stuck. So in a blind panic, I switched on my torch, but it was still in my blue sleeping bag, so it made the room glow in a dull blue hue. The entity must have been slightly brighter than the torch and the sleeping bag as I could still see it. My heart was pounding so hard I could feel it in my throat. When I whipped the torch out of the sleeping bag, it must have been brighter than the entity as I couldn't see it anymore. I lay there with the torch turned on all night. I was shaking so much the sound of the batteries rattling woke up the guy in the top bunk. I told him what happened and neither of us slept that night. The worst thing is that we had to stay in the same room the next night, too. Keep up the great work, guys. Alan in Newcastle, upon time. You know, it's all those camping tr- stories and the Boy Scout stories. Not that that was Boy Scouts. That just makes mm-hmm. me never want to camp again. <laughs> really? We have all the uh, the gear now. We have a, a tent. We have the stove. We have the... I know, but how often do you hear of the camping story that's gone wrong? All the time. Right, so there. That's where I'm coming from. But it just depends on the grounds that you're on, really. And that was not an EVP, by the way, when I was going, (laughs) that was me. That was just me. Um, You know, I I think it really depends on the ground. I mean, you hear more haunted cabin stories, I think. or, or Yeah. Not necessarily running a tent. Although, they exist. I'm surprised that we didn't have any hauntings at that campground when I was a kid where we accidentally dug up that <laughs> brass box. Surprised you're not, like, cursed. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Cremated remains of somebody yeah. from the 1800s. Yeah. Hey, look what I found. <sighs> that really is truly something out of, like, a Chevy Chase vacation. That was know. horrible. Holiday row. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of creepy doll, you know what I did not bring up earlier? What? My buddy and me. Oh, God. That's like Chucky. I did not have a My Buddy, but I always thought those were creepy dolls. <laughs> my Buddy. Because it was always, there was first they would run the Kid Sister ad, because that was obviously the popular one. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Kid Sister and me. And then immediately after, they piggyback it with the My Buddy doll, and they hoped that boys would get the My Buddy doll. It didn't work out so well. No. I think those are actually more of a collector's item now than the Kid Sister, because they were so sparsely popular. 
Okay. Do you I know any boys that. with a My Buddy doll? No. I, I don't didn't think either. so. I don't think Christopher had one. I think I only saw it on the commercial. Hmm. Ever. I, I've seen the kid sister. I saw some girls that had that. Did you have that kid, the kid sister one? No. No. I no. didn't. I had a little brother. I didn't want a kid sister. No. <laughs> <laughs> Robin writes in, I'm an avid ghost hunter. At least was... Until the night I stayed at the Silver Queen in Virginia City, Nevada. My boyfriend Matt and I had arrived into town early and decided to take in the sights of the town. We're planning on staying at the Washu Club on the way back from Vegas, but I uh, couldn't resist a chance to show him the spooky town earlier. The streets are painted with wooden walkways and decrepit old structures that house the old souls of the Silver Rush. Built on the side of the mountain, Virginia City is magic personified. Underneath the ancient city lies hundreds of miles of tunnels from the uh, constant mining that built this town. After we ate, we decided to check out the shops until we arrived in front of the notorious Silver Queen. Looming looming over us, she quickly enticed us inside. I had seen on the Ghost Adventures documentary that the hotel's room 11 was supposed to be extremely active. So I rented the room. Something I would soon come to regret... Room 11 is said to be haunted by the spirit of a solid dove from the 1800s, possibly named Mary. She slit both her wrists in the bathtub and bled out, heartbroken. The room was small and uninviting. It contained a bed next to a claw tub with a sink in the room and a small water closet. We decided to make love in the room as soon as we got there, much like new lovers do, even knowing the history of the old room. We did it. I don't remember much after that. I lost five hours. I went to a pizza place down the street. What it looked like or where it was, I couldn't tell you. Matt told me I'd ordered pizza and was totally normal. We went back to the room and fooled around for quite a while. I have no recollection after that. All I remember is when I woke up in the bed. I'll actually never forget it. It was in a dream where I was someone else sitting in the tub. Both of my arms were on either edge of the high white walls. My body was dressed in a white period, nighty, nighty, with lace cuffs and long sleeves. I noticed a red liquid oozing down the walls of the tub and quickly looked at the inside of my left wrist. Gushing from a large gash, a constant stream of blood. So I glanced at the right and much like the left, it oozed a crimson river. Looking at my hands, I quickly noticed they were not my own. I have my knuckles tattooed with the words Hopeless Romantic, which is also fitting as I chew the shit out of my nails. These hands that I now owned were manicured perfectly and had no tattoos. After glancing at the right, I lifted it up and placed it on my belly and rubbing it in a circular pattern on my gut, I started to whisper, Nobody wants you. Nobody wants you. Nobody wants you. Until I awoke in a cold sweat. Jolting out of the vivid night terror, I opened my eyes to see a white mist in the corner by the sink. I looked down at my feet and noticed the corners were completely off of me, and my dress had been hiked up to my breasts. I wasn't wearing any underwear. In a panic, I looked next to me and saw my boyfriend completely covered and comfortably asleep. Why was I not covered? He would have most certainly made sure that I was good, too. How did we get back to the room? When did we return? In an attempt to bring myself back down to earth, I decided to look at my phone. It was early in the evening, and I was terrified as to what had transpired. After an hour of uh, leafing through old texts on my phone, I drifted back to sleep, but was quickly awoken by the feeling of a hand caressing my own stomach. At this point... I snapped and started crying and screaming. I shook my boyfriend awake and started to explain what had happened. He was furious at me, told me to calm down and stop. I couldn't calm down. Sitting in the water closet, I began to vomit uncontrollably. That is when I noticed the the to-go container on the dresser. Matt told me that it was from the pizza place. What pizza place? I couldn't stop shaking, crying, or vomiting. Matt took me out of the hotel into the rainy side streets where my car was located. I started to tell him what had happened. Skeptical, he brought me back to the hotel, but not before getting sick one more time in the middle of the street. As we got back to our room, we quickly fell asleep again, but I was quickly awakened by the need to urinate. I climbed into the water closet and, while relieving myself, noticed a small bug on the floor. I unraveled some tissue and killed the bug, turning 
to place the dead thing in the toilet, I felt an unnerving sensation. The words, the words of a muffled woman's voice so close to my hair and to my right ear, I swear, was moving. I couldn't make it out, but it was enough for me to think twice before washing my hands and hop right back into bed. Not a few hours later, the both of us were up. Matt explained that he couldn't do it anymore. We had to go. There was no way that he could go back to sleep in this horrific room, and I quickly agreed. We packed up the few belongings we had brought with us inside, and leaving the key on the dresser, we left the room. Turning around to make sure the door was locked, Matt noticed something horrid. On the door, there were marks that looked like blood. The blood looked fresh, and you could decipher fingers from the markings. It looked like an X. And if you don't believe me, I have pictures of that. Please do send them. I told everyone about the dream when we got to Vegas, and when I returned home from the vacation, I found out that I was pregnant. So I looked up the actual story of Mary and found out that she was also pregnant when she had killed herself in the tub. I never had the baby, and the weight of uh, that crushed me. This all happened about six months ago, and boy, has my life changed since. I am no longer happy and am currently on antidepressants. All of my pet frogs died when I returned. I lost my job quickly and have had nothing but bad luck with addition to my relationship. After the termination of the pregnancy, I went to my local psychic and asked her about the whole thing. Maggie told me that the woman was mad with me. Mad with me for uh, being in the same or similar position that she was in. So that whole time where I was MIA, she uh, was showing me her life and I was living it out. The only part I remember was the suicide in the tub, but she had supposedly shown me so much more. I wish I could have been there to help that poor lady. Things are slowly getting better now. I've made peace with my decisions and I'm still dating Matt. I'll never go back there. I'll never forget my experience of the Silver Queen's Room 11. Sounds like a lovely hotel. Uh, yeah. That was one heck of an experience. And, um... So I'm thinking she was probably possessed for part of that. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Um, the only logical explanation would be blackout drunk or roofied. Which I'm assuming her boyfriend didn't roofie her and she didn't mention anything about being drunk. No. So I'm assuming probably possession. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. Given the details and the nature of their relationship, there yeah. was no need to roofie her. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, those are the only possible yeah. things that seem fairly logical um, to be missing all of those portions of the evening and still be going through them. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it was something it sounds like she was taken over. Yeah, that's I all I so. can think of. Uh, 855-853-4802. Thanks for calling you, or thanks for writing in your story. We really do appreciate that. Uh, we do hope things do get better for you. Um, uh, let's get another letter here. Susan writes in, This true story occurred when I lived in an old Victorian house. It also involves my neighbor Charlie's Victorian house. One hot summer night during the summer of 2001, as I had uh, I turned in for bed around 11 p.m. As I slowly drifted off to sleep, I thought I heard a man's voice say, Hey, get up, get up! A few seconds later, with more urgency, clarity, and detail, I heard the same masculine voice say, Hurry! You need to get up now! Go to the bathroom and look through the window! Confused and trying to figure out where the voice was coming from, I waited silently in my bedroom and listened intently as my heart raced faster and faster. A few seconds passed when suddenly the voice boomed right beside my ear. Go now! At this point, I freaking high-jumped out of my bed and opened my bedroom door. I found myself engulfed in total darkness as I slowly made my way down my hallway, through my kitchen, into the bathroom, and finally towards the window in question. Gently, I raised my bathroom window blind, which faced directly into my neighbor Charlie's kitchen window. At that exact moment... Staring back at me through the window from inside uh, Charlie's kitchen, I saw a man crouching on the floor and holding a flashlight. I froze for a few seconds, and the man noticed me staring at him. He gasped and jumped back. With my heart pounding wildly in my chest, I slammed my bathroom window blinds back down before I ran into my kitchen to call my neighbor Charlie's cell phone. A few minutes later, my neighbor arrived and began to search his house with two other men. The three men found evidence in the kitchen that someone did indeed break into Charlie's home while he was away. Apparently, when the intruder saw 
me looking back at him through my bathroom window, he ran out of my neighbor's back door before he had a chance to take any valuables with him. After the others had left, I decided I'd tell my neighbor exactly what had happened. I walked up to him and said, Charlie, you're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but I swear this is the truth. If it weren't for the insistent man's voice telling me to get up out of bed to go look through my bathroom window, the would-be thief would have ultimately gotten away with robbery. To my surprise, Charlie laughed and said, I believe you because I know I have a male ghost in my house that protects my home and my family. Well, I must admit, at that point, I was inclined to believe my neighbor, especially after what I had just experienced. I decided right then and there I really liked Charlie's ghost or whatever he was. Unfortunately, I wasn't thrilled with the other ghost I would encounter in my kitchen just a few months later. But that's another story. One, I hope you're right in. Yeah, I think um, looking at the name and some of the details she gave, she she actually put the address in of the haunting, which I omitted because we don't need that. Yeah, It's the same lady that wrote us in about the swimsuit, the bottom the waist down oh ghost. yeah the other night yeah yeah so I think she submitted this story first but somehow I got that one first okay so I think that's a good ghost that would wake you up at time to see a yeah that's a certainly a hell. I wonder if it's the same you know it, it must be the the neighbor's ghost that that just decided to go visit the neighbor to hey there's somebody in my house you gotta help out here yeah very interesting I like that story um, hey, if you like the show, please consider becoming an EPP uh, through uh, the website, Real Ghost Stories Online. That helps us keep our show alive. Or at the very least, share a link for the show. Give us a little review there on iTunes. Show a little, show a little bit of love if you enjoy the show. All of that uh, support helps keep our show alive and helps to uh, keep the ghost stories uh, flowing on in. Because uh, without the ghost stories, we don't got a show. So uh, please uh, do whatever you can to let some folks know about us and uh, support the show so we can continue doing this well into the new year. Samantha writes in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Samantha writing in from Singapore. My story happened in 2001. It was my graduating year and our class of about 30 students decided to have our final outing before we go our separate ways. We rented two chalets near the beach. And the usual barbecue, drinks, lots of chatting, etc. It was quite late into the night when two guys in our class suggested an impromptu tour of an abandoned hospital. Just 20 minutes walk away from where we were. Let me just uh, pause here and give you some background. The hospital in question is the old, uh, is it Changi? Changhai Hospital? C-H-A-N-G-I? I'm not sure on Changi that. Changi Hospital? Singapore. Uh, used to be a British colony. And during World War II, we were occupied by Japan. Maybe Shanghai Hospital? I don't know. I could be wrong. It was uh, during this time the hospital was used as a prison camp. Subsequently, the hospital shifted to a new location and the old compound was abandoned. Needless to say, the old hospital quickly became notorious for being one of the most haunted sites in Singapore. So... Feeling high from all the festivities, we agreed and got ready for the hospital tour. Upon reaching the main entrance, the two guys who first gave the suggestion quickly became our tour guides. They instructed us to pair up and form two lines. They'll each take the front and back of the formation with a a torchlight. The plan was simple. We will only tour the main building, which was four stories high. This particular building has a long corridor on uh, entry level with the staircases on each end of the corridor. We're supposed to climb up one level, walk along the corridor, climb up one level on the other side and zigzag our way to the top before walking down all the way to the ground floor. Class was warned to always stay in formation, no exception. As we were walking along the corridor, some of the girls in front of me were... Uh, exclaiming about the smelling strong disinfectant or seeing a pair of uh, disturbed kid shoes placed near the entrance of the ward. At that time, I was skeptical. I wasn't really experiencing any or expecting anything to happen, so naturally, I was scoffing on the inside, thinking the girls were just seeking attention because I saw nothing, felt nothing, and certainly did not smell anything. When we finally reached the top floor, I was ready to call it a night. We began walking down the stairs, still in formation. The mood became lighter, and a few of us started to chat amongst ourselves. Suddenly, someone commented that we were still walking down the stairs. Surely, we would have reached the ground floor by now. 
Now, how many floors do we walk down? At least two? So we're to have another two floors to go, right? We kept walking down, everyone now, intently counting the number. I swear we walked down more than two flights of stairs, and yet the ground floor was nowhere in sight. By this time, nervousness turned to full-blown panic. Formation be damned, everyone started sprinting down the stairs. Someone screamed, go, go, while others were sobbing. I was freaked out myself. I mean, I was exhausted from all the running. You don't get tired running down four flights of stairs, no matter how unfit you are. And we definitely ran down way more than four flights of stairs. At one point, some of the guys were telling us just to pray out loud to whatever religion we belonged to. Anything to get us out of the building. So there we were, a bunch of teenagers running down at top speed while praying. It seems so surreal now, but at that moment it was frightening. It feels like something bad will happen if we stopped. So we just kept on running. When we finally reached the ground floor, we got our asses out of the compound and did not stop till we reached the main road. No one was hurt, but we were all shaken up for sure. We made our way back to the chalet safely. But for one of us, the paranormal experience did not end there. But that's another story for another time. Thanks for reading my story and happy holidays. I have to know the other story. Yeah, that was great. Gosh, I couldn't even... I'd have a heart attack. I couldn't think of a logical reason for them all to feel like they had gone down more stairs than they had gone up, you know? No. Because at first I thought, well, maybe there was some kind of gas or something in the old building that was causing a, you know, a delusional type effect or hallucination type effect. Sure. But they all wouldn't have that same... Well, they would all have, if there was a gas, they would all have some sort of a hallucination, but not the same, likely. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, I don't know, something was definitely playing with their minds. Yeah, there was, uh, I don't even know, anyone, anyone in the community have any thoughts on that, how to explain that? Someone should open up that one on the forum, it'd be interesting to get the community's thoughts on, uh, on that one. 2001, the year we graduated. What about it? 2001. Was that when the story took place? Yeah. He said I it, it, it was their graduation. It was their graduation kind of camping trip. Okay. Yep. So. That was like, our year. Like, ah. Everybody knows how old we are now. I think they figured out by talking about uh, growing up watching Bill Cosby and <laughs> uh, Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. And some of the other multiple 80s and 90s references that we've made. So. Uh, there you go, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to another call. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, love the show, listen all the time. When my brother and I were about seven and nine, we had a game that, that we played. It didn't, it, it, it didn't seem odd to us at the time, but when we got to be like 25 or so we talked about it we realized just how weird it was as kids we we had this toy it was a red rubber demon type toy with with horns it had uh suction cups on on the backs of the arms and legs so you could stick it on the wall and put it in whatever position you wanted well um the game that we play is we'd stick it to the metal closet door and then we'd run out of the room, sh- shut off the lights, and we'd count to five. Now, the game was uh, to guess where it would be when we opened the door again. And every time we'd walk back in, it would be somewhere else in, in the room, usually across the room, on the bed or under it. And that's 10 feet from where we stuck it. It was just... And we, we showed this to our friends when, when we were kids, and it scared them. And to us, we couldn't figure out why it was weird. But like I said, when we were in our 20s, we talked about it, and it's just amazing the way you see things when, when you're a kid. Thanks. I I love the show. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, for a very brief story, that leaves a lot of questions. And it really is so true. It's it's the perspective thing, and we've talked about this before in the show, where what may seem to an adult as you know completely glaringly obviously this is not a possibility in the real world to happen to kids when some stuff like that happens it's like oh because you're still discovering so much you may sure they go oh that's normal what <laughs> what's abnormal this is happening to us so many new things have already happened to us why not this yeah that's 
I don't even know what to say on that one. That's I mean, a good one. Obviously, something was happening. Yeah. I, I could not imagine. I mean, just looking back on that, I would love to see the day that he just kind of thought back on that and like had the revelation. You know, just, you know, <laughs> sitting around with dinner or something. You're just like, oh, we used to play with a toy and wait a second, it did move on its own. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Thanks for calling in. We really do appreciate that. EPPs, please become one. Please support the show. Keep our show alive. Your support is what does that on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. You get those bonus episodes. Be 16 of them the next time the email goes out this weekend. So you can do a little binging on uh, some really, really great episodes uh, if you sign up uh, for that on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.